welcome to another episode of the Koshcast. You can follow us at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. This is harder than it seems. It really is. Because Alex does this every week, and if you didn't notice, you don't hear his sultry English accent. No, you don't, but I'm going to pretend to be English tonight. That's close enough. So no, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm Mohanad, and I've got Bernie here with me today. Um, Alex is... Where is he? He was in London. He was in London. Not England, uh, Ontario. Yep. Um, for Easter, I think. Correct. It's Easter long weekend here in, in Canada. Uh, Rishé is, I think, studying for his exams. He's got a few things going on. So He's the busiest a... person on earth, yes. to be honest. Rishé has a lot going on, that, people. That's true. That's true. Um, so just me and you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Where do you want to start? Let's start with, the I think, one of the biggest news this week, which was... LAFC getting Zlatan. Yeah. Uh, that uh, was... Unbelievable. It's like almost... You know when you write something and you're like, this is unrealistic? It was one of those. But it seems like every time one of these big players joins MLS, they have to start so high. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, firstly, they have to prove that this is not just a retirement era for them or anything. But I think Zlatan took the MLS debut to a whole new level. He definitely did. I think even before the debut, he took it to a whole new level. He took out a whole page in the LA Times or whatever, um, you know, signaling his his arrival in in Los, in, in Los Angeles and um, just saying you're welcome that I'm here, etc. Mm-hmm. You know the same thing. And in his first interview, he obviously said the you know his usual cocky sentences and things like yeah, that about so, lions and yeah. everything and you're gonna, all going to see I conquered England in three months yeah. and, and all that but you know he didn't do that but we cannot say that as a 35 year old player at the time when he showed up in England I mean he scored 17 league goals 28 in all competitions that is a very impressive haul of goals for someone of that age. He, and in that league, and with those expectations on his shoulder. Yeah. To be fair to him, at 35, he did extremely well. And if it wasn't for the injury, I think he'd be playing still at United right now. Yeah. Um, also, the thing with, with Zlatan too is that we can't forget that other people have tried doing this at the... Not even close to the prime of the career. You think of Shevchenko coming to Chelsea. You think of examples like that. And mm. they failed. Yeah. Um, but Zlatan did... Relatively well at United, and we always thought he would. Yeah. But he always seems to, you know, follow through with his big words, and he did it again in his debut. I think LAFC went three 0 up. Yeah. Um, which was insane. Carlos Vela scoring two goals, two beautiful we, goals. We forget that Vela did that. Yes. And Vela's a big time player in MLS. Exactly, and and we forget his two brilliant goals because of what happened afterwards. But he scored two really good goals. He scored a third, and it looked like it was cruising. The first, what they call El Tráfico. Mm. <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and then, what, 20 minutes to go, Zlatan comes on, he scores the third and the fourth. The third was... I mean, when I saw the replay, I, I couldn't believe that this actually had happened. It, it's, it was sensational. In, you know, it's one of those goals where people like to say, oh, um, MLS is not even championship level. It doesn't matter what level you're in. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're playing on a, on a park. With a bunch of that's the same goal players. anywhere. It's exactly like it's a wonderful goal. The technique in itself to hit that that way, and he didn't even think about it. He just knew I'm gonna hit this now. He already knew where the keeper was. <laughs> yeah. If you watch the highlights, see the keeper come out. I thought about it, and I because uh, right when they said, "Oh my God, look what Zatan did." Yeah. When I first saw where the keeper was, I said, "He did not. He's not gonna lob this guy. He's yeah. not gonna do it." And then he did it. I was 
it was even better when he did it. No, agreed. And the, the view that I love was the view from behind the goal where you see how that ball curves. He hits across the ball and it just curls right over the mm -hmm. keeper. And brilliant technique, but that also comes from that confidence. Not yeah. a lot of people take the shot there. Not their first shot on target in a new team, in a new league. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's the Zlatan effect, I guess. So he did that. And then just before the game ended, 90-something minute, him and Ashley Cole. I mean... 2005 it, once <laughs> everyone we need to go back to 2005 exactly for these are highlights from 2005 Ashley Cole with a really really good cross he was he was captain for the um, for the day uh, for the galaxy and he uh, towards the end of the game got pushed forward as kind of a winger mm -hmm. less so of a left back and he delivered a really really good cross as Latan who headed it you know was brave to go in there was in the right spot as usual as he always is and he won the game 4-3 and he just can't write it yeah he's I, I, it was funny after the game they asked him about the goal and why he why he decided to hit it from there and he didn't talk about the goalkeeper he basically said something along the lines of I was really tired play, playing for that running and I was like I can't run it anymore I'm just gonna hit this <laughs> and you know it was just such a Zlatan moment yeah. and, and it, it encapsulates who he is yeah. and and now we're talking about it yeah. which is basically the whole point of the signing is to get more people talking about MLS talking about LA Galaxy etc etc and here we are spending the first five minutes of this podcast talking about it. and that's basically the goal and the highlight reel of that game every Europe every guy that watches European football has watched the highlights of that game yep. people have watched MLS highlights for the first time because of Zlatan and that's really what they, they're after it, it does and, and to bring a little bit of a TFC effect it does remind me of I remember monitoring Twitter when Jovinko scored that goal against Red Bulls yeah. I think it was in the, either in the playoffs or to take uh, TFC to the playoffs when he dribbled four guys and all yeah. that and I remember I'm going to call it European football Twitter being mm. like what just happened? Yeah. What, what are we seeing? Because again it's one of those goals where it doesn't matter where you're playing yeah. it's a class goal it's a class goal and everyone's going to talk about it that's that's true uh, speaking of TFC they did uh, win 3-1 this weekend I think breaking a what a two game losing yeah. streak um, so that was <coughs> about time um I think with TFC, what we're seeing at the, in the early parts of the season, it's really all about the CONCACAF at this point. Yeah. And it is the most exciting, to be fair. As MLS uh, Cup champions, etc., you want to see how far they can go. And I'm just excited that if they win it, which is great to obviously win the trophy in the Cup, but mm. I just want to see them in the Club World Cup. I want to see them go up against whoever wins the Champions League this season. Yeah. And, and that, that would be fun. Um, so, you know what? I don't blame them for making that a priority at this point. Because... Alex would remind you, MLS is forgiving. Yeah. And you just need to be, what, top eight. You're not going to lose out on playoff spots by losing your first three, four games. You're going to be fine. And, and even then, I, I feel like because it's such a long season, so many games to play, the first two games they lose, whatever, they'll probably still end up top two. And, yeah. and I think that still gets a bye in, yeah. in the Eastern Conference, at least. So I'm not too worried about that from a TFC perspective, and I agree. They're... I don't even care about MLS right now. I really just want to see how they do in the CONCACAF Champions League. And I think they beat Tigres in the last round. But they, by the way, they were not favorites to do that. No. They were not favorites at all. Tigres' team is still better than theirs if you look at it man for man. And look what they pulled off Experience there. Experience as well. Yeah, and now they're going to the Azteca. So uh, oh. I'm excited to see what, what that looks just like. Just playing there for those players must be insane. Because, I mean... As a young football player, especially in North America, if you're focused on the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, the Azteca is kind of where you definitely want to play. Yeah. So that that I mean, I wish I wish I I wish I could go. The we, we may have there, to look at look into that. We, we should. Um, I think that's enough MLS. Let's let's move on to the Premier League. Yeah.
So I think the biggest uh, game this weekend was definitely the the London Derby between Chelsea and Spurs. This one was, I was you know we have our little prediction league on on the, on the website and. I was thinking, which way is this going to go? And I know Chelsea weren't in the best run of form and Spurs looked good, etc. But I still went for a draw, which was not correct. <laughs> um, Chelsea started the game playing not bad. Um, kind of held the ball a little bit. William was buzzing as usual. He's been their best player for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he started off the, the, the attack that got in the first goal, sent it out wide to, um, to Moses, who then... Put in a, quite a good cross for Morata, who, who again has slowly come back to scoring. But how do you feel about Lloris's performance in that goal? Because I know Alex was talking about how maybe it's not completely his fault, but I don't know. I thought he was lacking a little bit. Um, I think his starting position was pretty much off. Yeah. Um, he probably could have done better. I, I do think it was a decent area for him to, to claim it. But... Um, I, I don't know. Morata is a good header of the ball. He knows how to use his body against position. Right. So I'm not going to blame him that much for this. But I obviously, I do think he could have done better with that. I also thought just, I mean, this is obviously, you know, doesn't work like that. But the way Morata headered it in, Luis wasn't going to save that regardless. Mm-hmm. So if Luis didn't come out, and you assume he should have played on his line, let's say, he would not have saved that. The header was perfect, inch perfect into the corner. Very good header from Morata. I, I do. I do want to kind of talk about Morata a little yeah, bit sure. um, before we go on to the rest of the game. Uh, he's been a bit of a problem player, as you know. There's been a lot of articles written, a lot of debate. There's all this Lukaku Lacazette Morata tracker that everyone's done and all that. But I, he doesn't seem to me like someone that leads the line. And, and you know, people talk about hold up play a lot. I'm talking about like literally lead from the front. Right. Even in this game, he scored, but there were so many times where I thought he was out-muscled, he was out-paced, and he didn't seem to have the cohesion. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the season, people said, oh, Morata and Hazard have an understanding. I don't. I haven't seen that for months, right. and I'm trying to understand where that issue is coming from. I, I agree with you when you say he doesn't seem to lead from the front, and I, we were gonna, I was going to touch upon it later, but you brought it up now. The third goal, the third Spurs goal, Dyer played, or the second one, Dyer played that long ball to Ali. Mm-hmm. If he was the replay again, Morata was the one that should have been pressing Dyer right. much more to not give him that. He looked up, he took a touch, he looked up again, he took another touch. And this was kind of a between, you know, in in, in, Chelsea, in uh, Spurs' kind of first third of the field. Mm-hmm. Morata was walking towards Dyer, not enough energy, not enough... Just get there and put him under pressure. Don't allow him to play that long ball. And right. I thought I thought he was a bit lacking when it when it came to that. So I agree with you in, in that sense. And the thing with Morata is, do we put too much expectation on his shoulders? I mean, his experience isn't there. Right. He's not as experienced as a Lukaku who just scored a hundred goals and he's only like twenty four right. in the Premier League, right. playing for teams like Everton and West Brom. Mm-hmm. Morata played what? A few games here and there as a starter for some teams, sometimes for Madrid, sometimes for Juve. Mm-hmm. He never really established himself in any of these teams as the definite first choice right. long term. And there was likely a reason for that. And I don't know. I mean, he was young at the, at when he was at those teams. I get that. Um, I guess my issue is there are players that we can look at on other teams and I can say, oh, you know, this manager isn't the right type of manager for them. Right. You know, this manager doesn't know how to develop young talent. And he's 24, so sure, he's a man, but I, 
you kind of still put them into that bracket. And he's I 24 with an experience of like a 21-year-old. He hasn't played enough. Yeah. Is, is he going to be a late bloomer by the time he's 27? We're going to see the real Morata? Or, you know, you would think Conte was a perfect manager to bring him on. But is that even the case so, anymore? So think of it relatively. By the end of his career, is he going to have a better one than, let's say, a player of a similar mold in Zeko? Yeah, but Zeko isn't a world beater by any means. But at the same time, consistent... A lot of goals. Look at his record for Rome. You know, is he going to be better than Zeko in the in the history books? Will kids remember Morata more than Zeko? I don't know. So, it, only because we specifically mentioned Edin Dzeko, we have to say that Edin Dzeko, and people actually forget this, yeah. was the best striker in Germany when he was at, I think it was Bremen, actually. Yep. Not Wolfsburg. I and think it was Werder Bremen. And they won the league. And one season he was the best striker in the Premier League when he was playing, I think it was like uh, behind Negredo or whatever that season. Mm-hmm. And then he was the best striker in, in Italy. Yep. So he's, he's definitely underrated. But I'm just saying when I think of Morata, that's the minimum Morata, I'm sure, wants to aim for is being better than a, than a Zeko. Right, that kind of level. Yeah. Of yeah, so will he though? I'm not sure. And and what's interesting, to, to bring this back, back to the game in and of itself, is... I'd also predicted that I think I predicted Chelsea win this time, right. and my my thought process was there is no Harry Kane, and they're gonna have a hard time breaking down that block with Ngolo Kante right um, mm-hmm. sitting in behind that defense, but they were an absolute shambles. And the funny thing was Ngolo Kante did all right. Yep. And the rest of them were just a complete shambles. So Ingolo Kante was the one that kind of was trying to press on Eriksen before he took that shot, but mm-hmm. again he had. He was blocking the, the passing route. He was looking at Ericsson going, he's definitely way too far. So I can't really blame him for not closing him down faster. But that goal in the 45th minute, what like, a hit. that one was a game changer. Yeah. That was the game winner. I know it took you to 1-1, but to me, that was the game winner. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, Chelsea could have gone into halftime. 1-0, Conte could have done his thing, whatever, maybe tried to close it down. Ericsson with that hit, out of no, I mean... Caballero, again, he's not the best of keepers. I know it dips and it swerves, but it was so central. That I just feel he wasn't even close. Yeah. He, he, not even an arm went up, which I don't know. I just felt he like. He definitely doesn't have the reflexes of a top keeper to me. Right. Caballero. He, I mean, there's a reason why he is who he is. But I don't want to take anything away from Erickson. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a hit. Um, and the way he went through it with the laces, like it was always going to create that spin and that dip. That knuckleball effect. Yeah. He, he did that intentionally. You could see it in, yeah. in the way and he And it, it was beautiful. But like you said, right on the stroke of half time to score that goal. And at that point, I did think that Chelsea in the first half were better than Tottenham. Tottenham didn't really get any real good spell of possession going for long amounts of time. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, I don't, I just don't understand. Well, I think I think people, at least Spurs fans, would like to hear that basically Deli Ali just stepped up. He just decided to have a good second half. He played much better than he did in the first half. Um... In just that moment of that goal mm-hmm. was brilliant. Yes. That touch to kill... I mean, there's a lot of mistakes from Chelsea's side for that goal. First of all, Aspilicueta kind of pushes him off to... Who was it? Kale or... or um, yeah, what's his name? Christensen. Yeah. He pushed him, him to him and we all thought, well, that ball's coming... Again, like we said, Morata didn't pressure Dyer enough. Dyer was a brilliant ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that first touch from Ali, because you're thinking, by the time he takes a touch, tumbles a little bit, I'll be there, everything will be fine. Yeah. But he just killed it. Like I think it's one of those where he, even him went, whoa, this went better than I thought I was going to go. <laughs> and then the finish kind of in the near post of Caballero, off the post and in, that was that was a brilliant goal. Yeah. It was it was, it was was almost as good as Damara's 
to Vardy. Similar mm, caliber, mm, similar mm. style. Um, and then from then on, what? Another a minute later, they the scored third the third. One was a shambles of defending. Yeah, but Chelsea just collapsed yeah. out of nowhere. And you know, this brings us to the point of Conte. Is this Conte's last few months yes. as Chelsea manager? I feel like it, it almost has to be. I, I and I saw someone tweet about you know people. Uh, journalists defending Conte when they're slagging off Mourinho and all that, and I'm the biggest Mourinho like hater in the world. Right. But I cannot understand why Conte doesn't get more abuse. It's, I mean, let me just use that word. Unfortunately, it's character. It has nothing to do with, with coaching. It's just Mourinho is unlikable. It, okay, yes. that specific topic came up in the same way that what is the difference between Conte this season and Mourinho's negative season where he got sacked mm-hmm. by Chelsea? People were saying the biggest difference is players aren't pushing Conte out the door. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Mourinho, they were pushing him out the door. They were done with him as a man. Well, that, as a that makes it even worse because if you say that player power and the players aren't listening to you, right. you've done, you failed as a manager to secure the locker room. That's fine. That's still on Mourinho, but still the players fa- like have to hold themselves accountable for that. Right. That's one. But when you're Conte, and for all intents and purposes. People kind of like this guy, yeah. and he still can't get them to play football like like, like the way they did. Again, that was a rampaging team last year, the, and yes. now look what they're doing. He's doing something wrong tactically. The, the problem is a lot of people say they're unsure how many of the signings are actually his signings. People are doubting the Morata signing. I know you always touch on the point that it was his fault that Costa isn't here. He mm-hmm. should have handled that much better. Costa is a world class striker mm-hmm. by every mean, and he would have transformed this team. Um, if he was still here. Bakayoko looks like a bad signing. Um, David Luiz taking him out of the team. Cahill. There's a lot on Conte from just choices he's made. And that's why it's hard to kind of say, well, it's not his fault. But we can still agree that he's failing or has failed the season mm-hmm. without having to sack him. Like, yeah. as in... He can still make amends himself. It doesn't have to be a new guy. That, that's my only thing. Like, maybe give him another season. I, I think I think there are two ways to look at it. And one is, if you're Chelsea, you have to under, you have to ask yourselves. We keep going up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. Should we actually stick with it for once? Like, I know they have standards, and that's a great thing. We talk about that in relation to Arsenal and all that. But maybe you've gone through all the managers you can in the world. Yeah, keep one. You know, for a while. Tr- just try it. Maybe he didn't do well. Try it and let him do it his way. If that fails, then fine. When was the last time Chelsea had a manager for more than two seasons? I can't tell you. I don't. I don't know the answer. To that. It's crazy. I think it's... Mourinho lasted three the last round. Well, two and a half. Well, yeah, like, really. Yeah, right? two. Yeah, yeah. It's. Anyways, I I don't know what they're gonna do, but Conte, if he does leave, he has a lot of people that that, that would hire him for sure. I mean, Juve were talking about it because Allegri is definitely leaving mm-hmm. the Italian national team, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So on on the flip side, there are a lot of people who are. Let me put it this way. They feel vindicated as far as being on the Pochettino train. Um, right. Because he beat Chelsea and yada, yada, yada. And he, he secured fourth, which is... Pretty much, yeah. He yeah. secured fourth. I, I still... my and, and we've gone through this. My take is fourth, if you're Pochettino, it sounds great. But I still think that to get the level of adulation you're getting in the media you need to do better that's just me people right. can disagree but there are a lot of people i saw coming out saying he's the best in the league but i'm like what the best in the league is a guy who's who's I, winning <laughs> so cordiola i don't I, understand again relatively speaking people like to say that pochettino is better than klopp let's say sure. okay whether you agree or not let's just say that is an argument mm-hmm. 
Now, who, so so you have a better manager. Spurs has a better manager than Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They have just as good as the team, if not better, at least in the back and the midfield three. Maybe that Liverpool win a little bit up top, mm-hmm. but still, you still got Kane, you still got Eriksen, you still got Dele Ali. It's not that far off, but you've definitely got a much better defense, mm-hmm. a much better goalkeeper, mm-hmm. a much better midfield. Mm-hmm. So, why are Liverpool better than you? Why are they still in the Champions League? Why are they above you in the league, etc., etc.? Right. So. The question is, yes, Pochettino's been doing great, but then why does Klopp not get the same level of love? What You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just that... I, I, and, and I, you know, we had this discussion where everyone's talking about um, expectation and all that, and, and, and I'm definitely on that boat. I, I, the funny thing about Spurs is, because the media coverage has been so positive for yeah. them, I can't remember their bad games anymore. It's yep. weird. Only because I'm a United fan, I remember them losing to United at Old Trafford, but I cannot remember... The bad games. They are, even though I know there are a lot of them. They are the media darlings right now. Everyone likes the story of Spurs. Everyone likes the story of Pochettino. So unfortunately, it does get painted in a much positive light. It is positive. I'm yeah. not saying it's not. But it does get kind of preferential treatment when it comes to these kind of things. So the, 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 the last question I, I will probably should have on Pochettino and Tottenham is, I see a lot in my brain of Unai Emery in this, in that Sevilla were always in the Champions League. Always, always, always. Yeah. Always crashed out the group stage, whatever. Right. And then won Europa League. I wonder if Pochettino is a manager in a certain class of that Emery, maybe Tuchel, we'll see how he does in his next job of, you're all right up to a point. Right. But if you ask that type of manager to handle a superstar, you know, right. to handle a Neymar, even to go to United and handle a Pogba or, mm-hmm. or Alexis... Can he handle that player? I'm not sure he even wants to. Okay, so let's say he who was going to be put to the test. Where could he realistically go? If he decides to take that step up, because, you know, no offense, mm-hmm. he needs a step up if he's going to prove to be the best. Tottenham ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Just like Harry Kane, Tottenham ain't going to do it. Just like Dele Ali, Tottenham ain't going to do it. Eventually, Tottenham is a stepping stone, whether for the manager or for the players. Now, where? I think in the Premier League, the only team that could work is Manchester United. But you're not... But that is only if Ed Woodward decides to lay off this policy of Galacticos. If it was in the Ferguson mold of United, it would work perfectly. Because that's kind of Ferguson's thing. I think if he came after Ferguson with all the young players you had and the way he kind of likes to nurture them, and I think that would have been a brilliant sign. I think, they, I think right now, things would have been very good. Yeah. But. Anyways, we'll see what he what, what he does, and his his struggle. I think this summer, if not next summer, is keeping these players here without trophies because they're not going to win anything this season. Maybe an FA Cup. Uh, other than that, nothing. I think First FA Cup is enough. I think. It well, really I think enough. so too, but I don't know if the players will think. If they I think Harry Kane will. I don't, he doesn't. He's not. If Harry Kane stays, the rest of them stay. And yeah, I think Harry Kane's probably going to stay fine, at least but, about two years. But if Madrid sell a bail and then decide that they're done with Benzema and they go, here's 150 million for Kane, and Kane's like, I want to go. He just doesn't seem to me as the type of person that will want to leave. We'll see. Maybe it's the English thing. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Everton, Manchester City. So this one, Everton came in here with a great record. Really? Yeah, they did. Against who? Against Against City. Against City? Oh, okay, okay. okay. Never, uh, you know, never lost to City or whatever at home, etc. Whatever. Some random record that people somehow thought they were going to hold on to, which was extremely unrealistic. (laughs) City started this game... Like they were in a training match. Mm-hmm. Silva at 30, whatever, 3,900 year old Silva was running around midfield looking 
as light as a butterfly. Mate, he was having so much fun. He was enjoying himself. Oh my goodness. And you could see every touch, every pass. He was, again, training ground stuff. That's the first goal. By the way, did you notice Ooh. that he was just shooting from wherever he wanted to? Yep. And it was because he knew, we're going to get more, even if I score, we'll get more chances, we're good. 100%. He was not concerned. 100%. He, he did that one, two, took that ball into his stride, lofted it beautifully to Sane, who again, even just five minutes in, was killing this yep. game. Down the left-hand side. And I know you love this thing he does where he hugs that touchline. The mm-hmm. ball could be all the way at right back at whoever plays there now, Walker. Mm-hmm. And he is hugging the touchline however many meters. He doesn't care about that ball. He's like, once it gets over here, I'm stretching this defense so much. It's just so... You know when something... The thing about Man City to me is people talk about the com- the complexity of Pep Guardiola and how they play and maybe there is a lot of complexity right. that goes on the on the in the background that we're not aware of, whatever. When you actually look at the product on the pitch, it's pretty much spread the play as as wide as you can. Yeah. Give our central midfielders enough space and time to pass into Rome, and then pass and move. But everything they teach you in school. Yeah. Pass and pass and move. Now it's complex. But it looks so simple when you actually watch it on the pitch, which is a testament to the coaching. Because he drills it into their head so much that this is just like breathing and eating and sleeping. This is something now they do without thinking. Mm-hmm. So the commentator, I think, or someone was analyzing the game and saying, look at how wide Sterling and, and Sonny are pulling these players. But that puts so much also responsibility on the center midfielders to not lose the ball. Mm-hmm. Because if, if a Silva or a Fernandino loses it deep, that's it. Mm-hmm. There's literally no one to track back. So that puts so much... And they do it so well. And again, De Bruyne is a brilliant player. and He's great. He's creative. He's amazing, etc., etc. I don't think he deserves to win the PFA Player of the Year, whatever. I just think Silva has almost had a better seat. Like, at least equal season. He's been phenomenal for City. So, so important. He's also starting to chip in with goals. I did not think Silva was going to score this many goals this season. Yep. He's scoring goals, he's giving assists, we thought he's going to be deep-lying playmaker, you know, taking it easy at this old age. He's dominating, he was just a metronome this game, he was everywhere, he's almost box-to-box at this age, which is insane. And I, I just enjoy watching Silva so, so much. One of the best players to ever play in the Premier League. I think that's fair. I think that's, we forget actually how long he's been playing. I yep. think he's been there since 08 or 09 or something, almost 10 years now. That you've definitely reached a, a, a status where we can say you're one of the best to ever do it. I, I feel him and Aguero don't get enough love in terms of the best to ever play in the league. I don't know why. They just don't get that same... Like, people always go... Still go back to Henri and Cantona. No one ever says Aguero. Like, Suarez sometimes gets more love as a Premier League player. I I don't know why. Is it a City thing? Um, I think it might be a City thing. But I think... Well, yes, I, find, I will say that. It's a city thing. Because even even when we talk about Silva, you just have to make that point. I never thought about it before. Right. I, I believe it's, it's actually true that he's one of the best to ever do it in the Premier League, but I never thought about it right. until today. Yeah. And I think it's a city thing just because if you look at Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, Thierry Henry, Bergkamp, they have done things that you it's can more hold history. on to. Yeah. Now, Aguero has Aguero, and, and, yeah. and I think in city's terms, he is that guy. But... If in five years people might struggle to right. remember David Silva because they don't have that thing where you go, remember when Ryan Giggs did that? Remember mm. when Thierry did that? Like I don't know. I feel like City they've won leagues, but you've won leagues where they've kind of sleptwalked through it at times. Yes, I think as you said that, what came to my mind was that this rivalry thing. They don't have 
this rivalry struggle period. Mm -hmm. As in, Arsenal had United, United had Arsenal. Liverpool had United, United had Liverpool. Mm. There was this big struggle at the top. Two big guys. Two Mm -hmm. big guys constantly batting it out. Roy Keane, Vieira, etc., etc. City played in a league that was more where the, the kind of competition was more equally spread out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easier, mm-hmm. but there was less that narrative. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a hardcore narrative to cling on to. It was more like City are great. This season, they're walking it. They're, they're going to win the league sooner than anyone has ever done mm-hmm. in the history of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Even the Aguero moment, they were winning the league so easily and they kind of just faltered towards the end and had to pick it Well, actually, up. they took it from United, who were five points up with four games to go. Right. So I just feel like the narrative isn't as strong or maybe it's just not... In history enough, I just or maybe I'm way too old. Maybe younger kids are thinking Aguero. Oh my God, what a legend! I don't know. I, I think I think, and this is this is a great great discussion. I, I think part of it is they were done a disservice in my opinion when Ferguson retired. Right. I think Manchester City need Manchester United. The same like this is to me the beginning of the legend of Manchester City. Right. Because. You have Mourinho coming in second, and though it's by 16 points, it's the Pep and Mourinho thing. Because when Man United, I think when Ferguson retired, I think City won the league. No one cared. Right. And then someone else won. Chelsea won, yeah. And then Leicester won. And it's kind of like you didn't feel that was such a great Man City team. But Mm. Arsenal produced great teams. Yeah. Man United produced great teams. Even Mourinho's Chelsea produced Drogba, and we still talk about those guys. So is this team, this season... Are they going to be talked in the same breath as United 99, Arsenal 04, Chelsea, whatever it was, 11 or 12 or whatever it was? Are, they going to, are the people going to say City 18? I think this is, I think they will. I think if, if not this year, I think that this Pep Guardiola Man City era right. will be talked about in that sense because I think they'll win the league this year. Wait, I think wait, they'll win. At Sorry. Old Trafford? Probably. Yeah. I'm just saying because that, that now mathematically. No, 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 it's at the head. We okay. already, we already at least you're going to lose away from home. I, at I, least. I think I don't see us winning this game. <laughs> at least it's not at Old Trafford. I okay. think okay. It, it might be a draw, but whatever. I don't see a win for United. At least there isn't what? that whatever thing called... The uh, Guard of Honor? The Guard of Honor. No, at least that's not happening. We already did that. Too. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. We, we, we won the league in, uh, at White Hart Lane, yeah, so that, that's what I... 8-2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy this Arsenal United thing more. Yo, the rest of sure. my life. I sure. really don't. But I, I also do think because our prime of like kind of being so engulfed in the Premier League was during then. I think kids now are going to think of the Pep Guardiola era of Man City and their dominance in a few years as how we look back at the all fours of Arsenal's and 99's of United etc and uh, you know you had your Tevez Ronaldo Rooney period like 08, 09, 010 like you, you know what's interesting and um, it could be lead to a good segue we'll see whatever but <laughs> try uh, this Liverpool Chelsea uh, sorry Liverpool Man City Champions League quarterfinal tie Ooh. to me this sets up a rivalry that we might enjoy for some years. Yes. I think United will probably still finish second next season anyway because Liverpool, I underclocked to me, will always be inconsistent. Yeah. Tottenham will be whatever. And Chelsea, eh, who knows what's gonna, what they're going to be. Arsenal, forget it. With Allegri. Allegri's coming in, no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, like the more interesting game mm. is Man City-Liverpool. Well, the only team that can really beat, and we've seen it this year... Are Liverpool, so I think we might be being set up for an interesting rivalry for the next. I mean, if you have to pick only one fixture to watch all season, I think you pick Liverpool City. Yes, that's the one you pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so your segue is probably to Liverpool. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Um, So, Istanbul almost, 
almost happened again. Oh. Uh, it was so close. Crystal Palace um, opening the scoring with a penalty. They've been getting so many penalties this year. Um, Milijojevic. Whatever. Um, it's hard. I, I thought you were trying Millie Rock and no, rap no, at the no, same bro. time. I ain't got time for Lingard. <laughs> um, he scored his penalty. He's He's been scoring a lot of points. Best in the league, eh? Yeah, a little advice to just put him in your fantasy. He just scores penalties even when they lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Benteke went on to miss three, four, five or so open chances. Match fixing. <laughs> it's his old club he doesn't want to let them down That's, this is what that is and he just doesn't seem to be able to kick a ball with his feet anymore for the amount of wages he's on for the price that they paid for him he you know Crystal Palace lost their chance here too and I feel so bad for Roy Hudson he seems to set up his team perfectly they always have a plan they play so well and then he always at the end of the game has his head in his hands because it's like he can't help but like we planned for this and you guys failed me it's like if you look at the last few games it was the last, most recent one was United three mm-hmm. two. No business losing that game, and they played so well yeah. up until uh, the three goals went. At the last fifteen minutes or so, um, Tottenham, Tottenham <laughs> they were gonna. I think they were gonna get a draw. Yeah. And Harry Kane, terrible goalkeeping, but again, yeah. unlucky. This game, it's like it's realistically, hard. they should not be in the relegation dogfight anymore. We should yeah. be talking about Roy Hodgson doing a miraculous job. To be fair, but it's just not fair when you come into a team that haven't scored a goal in eight games. Anything you do, <laughs> literally, you could resign in a day and you've still done better. Um, we'll talk about managers getting sacked once we once we get um, to, to, to to our nice game. But Sadio Mane scoring, um, he scored a goal. He's been on and off. He's definitely didn't reach the heights of Firmino and Salah this season. He's mm-hmm. kind of been the one that's if if someone is letting them down the front three, it's definitely him this season. Um, but he has started to pick it up slowly. Um, James Milner with the assist, and he has scored as many goals. As Coutinho has ever scored in a season. Who? Uh, Sadio Mane. Mane? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, so people, Liverpool fans are like, well, you said Coutinho this, and Sadio Mane apparently is having a horrendous season, blah, blah, blah. That, that, I saw that. I know. I Coutinho that does more than goals. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that tweet and I thought that the world is ending. I like, know. Just because yeah. if you go by Twitter, yes. you would think that everyone's garbage. For sure. <laughs> everybody can be bad and everybody can be good. Um, but then, obviously, if you had to put your house on who was going to score the second goal, I mean... It was going to be nobody but Salah. It, it just had to be. Like, like it's written in the stars. He scored a goal against Portugal in the international break. Mm-hmm. Really in goal to almost, and then Ronaldo beast in that game in mm-hmm. the end. And then this game, that looks like a simple goal. But the it's first not. touch with the right to bring it perfect. I mean, he could have panicked. He could mm-hmm. have hit it first touch. He could have, anything could have happened. Because yep. realistically, he should have thought the defender was going to get it. So to keep that composure... And kind of that option that he might miss it and come to him. He had to be composed. And then the right foot finished brilliant on his weaker foot. He's just having... You, you notice that there was that split second hesitation before he shot it. Yes. To take the goalkeeper right. the other keeper, way. Keeper fell. It was beautiful. And then, um, what, like, what's his name? Sako. He actually dove for it. He used his hand. He yeah, actually yeah. went for it with his hands. He was so desperate not to repeat all this rubbish. Salah just seems to have... Where every game ends with a photo of a defender, like <laughs> on the ground, just spread eagle, not not knowing what to do with Salah. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. He is and, he is so good right now that 
Egyptians are penciling him in for the vote for president. <laughs> for president. That's yeah. how good he could walk into Egypt right now and win the election. Claim the throne. That's how good the man is. Claim the throne. Oh, <laughs> definitely. It's 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 hysterical in Egypt right now following Salah, and they're they're so excited for the World Cup. And again, he is the the sole reason. I know there's ten players on the field. Literally, Bernie, the sole reason we have made the World Cup after twenty six barren years of not making it. He scored something like fifteen of our like eighteen qualifying goals. Like no <laughs> way. Um, you know what's interesting about this Salah story is it literally, literally will never get better than this. No. In that he scored the winning goal to get his country into the World Cup after yeah. almost 30 years. Yeah. He's probably going to do amazing in the World Cup. Win the PFA he's going to break a, a Premier League goal. I'm convinced he will break the record. Mm. He'll be player of the year. He's, he's broken every African record in the Premier League. Exactly. They, they voted him in as basically They want him to be pre- like. Yeah. And then to top it off, He'll probably get to move to the biggest team in the world or whatever. When they and at that yeah. point, if I'm most Salah, I retire. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I have achieved max level. I can't upgrade from here. <laughs> if people have listened to our latest podcast, we were talking about how Klopp jokingly compared him to Messi or didn't compare him to Messi or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we said, if he goes on to win the World Cup for Egypt, he is better than Messi. It's over. Mate, I will say it from now to Kingdom Cup. If, yeah. that, if that were to happen, I don't want to hear the name Lionel Messi ever again. Goat. Greatest of all time. <laughs> Done. Um, what else happened here? United beat Swansea 2-0. Um, this one was... Is it 2-0? Yeah, 2-0. 2-0 yeah. Um, I predicted, I think, 2 or 3. Swansea, as good as they've been, I think United were just always going to have too much for them. Um, Carvajal and Mourinho have this romance, bromance going on. Yeah, like this thing other. about bringing in, helping usher in the new era of Portuguese managers, which I guess is true, right. if you think about it. Sure. sure. Um, I, I thought this was a game of two halves. Like, it was, yeah. The first half, it was weird because if you go on United Twitter, and like that's how I gauge a lot to see, <laughs> am I making sense here mm-hmm. in my thoughts? And I look at it and I'm like, are we playing well? Are we creating chances? What's going on here? I haven't literally haven't seen this since 2018. Right. Since January 1st, 2018, I have not seen United create chances consistently in a game. And I saw this happen and I thought, what is happening here? This is so weird. I think Lingard was quite at the forefront of a lot of these chances. He was playing almost number 10. Mata wide for Lingard, right? Yeah, they've Mata been doing that shoved, a lot. Yeah, exactly. And, and Lingard has, to be fair, earned it. He played really well for England in the international mm-hmm. break. He played very well, at least in the first half, as that number 10. His assist to Sanchez was, was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lingard, all the jokes aside and the stupid dancing that he does with being the limelight, etc., etc., is actually not a bad player. He, again, I like to compare because everything is relative and mm-hmm. puts things in perspective. Theo Walker. Mm-hmm. Lingard is a better player than Theo Walker. Yes. And he's only been playing for like a year and a half. <laughs> so he's good enough to be at least admired and said, you know, he's a good player. Yes, people don't like his little antics. I hate them too. But he's a, he's a good player. He, you know, he starts when he when Mourinho can. He I, I think if we see his trajectory, I mean, Alex Ferguson, before he left, said that Lingard would be a United regular in five years. Right, he's better than that, Ox. That has actually happened since, mm-hmm. since he left. Van Hall brought him into the team and because he saw what he could do. So it's a type of thing where people cannot... Deny. Um, they, they, exactly. They cannot deny the work rate and the talent that someone has, and now it's manifesting and he's doing great stuff. Right. And I'm really, really happy about that. Yeah. Um, Lukaku played very well this yes. game. He wanted it. And we've talked about that, I think, two or three podcasts ago about that leadership is showing. He's really kind of pulling this team through. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he's not getting the service he wants, even when Alexis Sanchez is hitting balls into Rosie, he still goes. He keeps going. He doesn't 
um, he doesn't put his head down, and he just produces. And he's his stats. He's just scored his hundredth league goal in mm-hmm. uh, in his career at mm-hmm. twenty four. Yeah. He should start. He should. I mean, Alan Shearer is at two something, two fifty something. I mean, yeah, two forty nine or something. Yeah, like it's not impossible if he keeps this up. It's definitely not impossible no, for him. And, imagine, him and Kane, him and Kane could well, do some serious. I damage. don't think Kane's gonna stay in the league. Right, right, right. But that's why I think Lukaku has a better chance. Mm. But Lukaku, imagine top of the Premier League scoring records in whatever eight years is Romelu Lukaku. That would be insane. I, I, there's, there's, the thing I love about Romelu Lukaku is, and this game was not. I mean, he was great. It was not perfect. It was great, but. People, you notice when he, the first half of the season he was scoring, or well, the first three months or whatever, scoring so many goals, and he went through that lean patch. Patch, yeah. And everyone was talking about Lukaku's first touch. Right. Everybody. Yeah. And no one wants to admit it, but he has worked on that, and his first touch is a lot better. And he's also one of the best crossers of the ball in the league, yes. which is crazy. Yes. For a, that big of a guy, he cuts in on his left, and his cross... Is so nice. It's that it's that in swinging cross from the left into the middle. Ball is spinning. It's the exact way mm-hmm. you want it as a striker. But the thing I love about him is people said, "Oh, he's for a big man, he's too weak for this." He's, and it's as if he heard it. Right. And he bullied Lovren. He bullied Lovren. He holds up the ball. You can't get it away from him. He brings people into play. I just, I, I'm like, am I watching someone who's listening to criticism and and working on his right. game I think and so. adapting to his game? I feel like. In a year, this guy could be seriously dangerous. I think so, and I think Mourinho really likes him. I think Mourinho plays him as much as he can. There's a lot of chance, a lot of games earlier on where I thought, why is Lukaku not being rested? He's played a lot. This is an easy game, or there's a Champions League game. Mourinho loves playing Lukaku, and he realizes just how important Lukaku is to this team. He is the focal point yeah. that they use him to bounce balls off. He scores goals. He assists. He's 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 been very good. I have to give him. Well, I, I I want to talk about someone that Mourinho doesn't like, mm. and although he. They both right. come out and said, we're cool. And they did that, in my opinion, fake the handshake, Trump handshake, whatever. Yeah. Um, Paul Pogba. I'll say this about Pogba. I, 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 I defend Pogba when he plays well. And I, I have no problems talking about when he plays right. badly. But in this game, to me, it's no coincidence that in the first half, United were actually creating a lot of chances and look more fluid when Pogba was actually up for it. Next to Maddox, right? Kind of yeah. box the box. Yeah. Which is interesting because... Mm. And here, here's the flip side of this Pogba discussion. People, like me, myself, have said he needs to play in a three on the left. But I said on the last pod when you weren't here, the first half of the season, Pogba was great. Right. No one had any problem with Paul Pogba. He was leading the assists higher than De Bruyne. And other fans making a lot of noise. And all the dabs were coming out. He was, was playing, he was playing in a two. Yeah. So part of it, yes, is Marina. But part of it, also, you have to say, is Paul Pogba. But in this game, you know, Paul Pogba was denied two assists. Right. right, Lukaku, or I think it was even not Lukaku's Mata. fault. The keep the keeper with a yeah, amazing save, and Mata by it's tough. It was a tough. It chance. was tough. Yeah. He should probably should have scored. And I thought second half he dipped. Right, but I thought everybody did. Yeah, I mean he played a very good game, and I feel like people are on his case a lot. Yes, yes, and, I and, agree. And he, I just I'm like, is it necessary? I agree. He gets more criticism. It's, it's kind of that Ozil camp. He gets more criticism than everyone else, but. He demands the attention. And when sure. you personally demand attention, you have to live with the consequences of when it's negative. Right. It can't always be possible. So when I go around being the guy that I want everyone to talk about, mm-hmm. then I better give them something positive to say. Right. Or else then it's 
you know, I can, it can't always be positive. And if you're going to hide, but that's what big players do. Right. They want to be in the limelight all the time, etc. So you et have to own it. You have to own it. And that's what we're waiting for. No one's saying Pogba isn't a good footballer. Right. It's just that consistency and owning, which is why when we talked during the game about the second half, you're like, well, everybody's playing bad. Yes, but as a 90 million most expensive, friend, blah, 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 once in a And, and that's the same up. thing. Like you said, yes. people say that same about Ozil, Ozil, same thing. They go, he's on the bad team, whatever. I don't care. You step up and yeah. you grab the I, game. I agree. And yeah. the, the, the thing I do find interesting about United and why this game to me was completely different and opposite was you have seen since Alexis Sanchez came to United. By the way, this is not to say that they were challenging for the title. That was not true. Right. But the level of play of United since 2018 started has been dramatically different. I think mm-hmm. everyone can agree on that. Players like Marcia, Marcia was having the season of his life. It was literally, statistically, the season of his life. Then he got benched. Alexis Sanchez comes in, plays on the left, yep. and everything went to hell. I'm but Sa- Sanchez was man of the match. And this is what I was going to say. Assist and he a was goal. <laughs> actually very good today. Oh, over the yeah, yeah. He was very, very good. I was very impressed Great by finish. Alexis Sanchez. Great and finish. He didn't clog Lingard in the middle as much as he probably wanted to. Right. I mean, people were saying Zlatan leaving. He was his best friend. Blah blah blah. And you can have all these random like he's just a footballer. He's not playing very well. He'll get his form back. He's a, he's he's almost a world class player. He'll he'll it'll come back. It's just if, once it clicks, it clicks. And and guess what? The best part about this is uh, Sanchez will have preseason. Yeah, and there's for the first time ever who have preseason. Oh yeah, if United sell Martial, which will hurt my soul, right? And buy Bale, Bale have a preseason. True, Bale, Sanchez, Lukaku. Mm. 30, 30, 30, 30, Looks like 30. 30. <laughs> <laughs> and de- definitely, really thirty. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to Arsenal. Um, Arsenal versus Stoke here. This one was this had. From an Arsenal perspective, had the different little scenario going on, which is Arsenal fans just wanted to make sure we beat Stoke. What's going on out there? Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of sirens. I think it's the police. They found Ozil. <laughs> I, um, Arsenal fans just wanted to make sure that we did our part in trying to relegate Stoke. It's a public service. This was the storyline behind this game. Mm-hmm. Is I don't, we're not gonna do anything better than the sixth. We're done here. Everyone gets it. Europa League is the aim. But please help relegate Stoke. Mm-hmm. So this was literally the aim. The game started and Aubameyang, Aubameyang started up top. We rested a lot of players for the Europa League, which is coming on Thursday. Who are you playing again? Uh, Moscow. Seska. Okay. Moscow. Okay. You're going through. <laughs> we'll see. I think we'll win at home, but away we never win You in, will in score, Russia. though, because I can fave, can't keep a clean sheet. That is true. So you get an away goal and then you go through. That is true. We get one away goal. We started the game at 1-0. Um... <laughs> Rested a lot of players, uh, played, I think it was Ramsey, Elneny, uh, Wilshire in midfield, and then Aubameyang. Oh, Welbeck. I just... He honestly, <laughs> honestly is not a football player. Like, I, I cannot stress enough. He had this one volley in the game, which, as he struck it, it's as if he kicked me in the chest. <laughs> it, it went so off his foot. It was harder to do that than to get it on target. <laughs> I'm just like, why is this guy playing? He literally... Welbeck has made a career from being away from the limelight, a teacher's pet, and being able to run fast. You do know that when his career is done, he can point to FA Cups, yes. Premier League, Manchester United, whatever, Arsenal. And say, I was yes. a legend at these two clubs. Yeah. Like, he can actually say those words. with his, He can say it with his chest. And, and, and his grandchildren <laughs> will believe him. Because the record books will say he played all these games for these two top clubs. 
Anyways, um, and then on the right we had... What do we have on the right? Wow. No, actually no clue. Okay. Can't remember. Yeah. And I know Bellerin was a right back and him and Ozil had lower. That was okay. fun. That was, that was, that was funny. Okay. Uh, I, by the way, um, I was happy with Ozil for that. Yeah. Because... Because everyone's tired of Bellerin. <laughs> oh, oh, every, I, I said they should throw him in the bin. Like, at this yeah. point, like... Oh, yeah. But it was, it's not just the Bellerin part, like... For me, and I think sometimes I'm a bit old school in my English right. football. Yeah, mind. like how you like your wing backs to defend. Is that, I, yeah. want, I want defense to defend. Like yeah. this, it's that simple. Yeah. Like I love a good player that runs up and down the pitch and stays <laughs> wide, whatever. But with Mesut Ozil, my only beef with him was I always felt he never. He's the player. Right. He's the guy. Yeah. Drag Arsenal to where you want him to be, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is. With your your play on the pitch, sometimes, but sometimes that is yelling at your players and holding them to a standard, and that's exactly what he did. To that's a very good point. I was listening to the Ars blog uh, on my way here today, and they were mentioning how recently, since his new contract, he has been showing that side of him a bit more. I think with the new contract and how much faith the kind of the club has put into him by giving him that four hundred, three fifty, whatever k a week it is, mm-hmm. and making him you know by far the, the highest paid player of the club and in the history, etc. I think he started to realize kind of. His responsibility, like you say, is mm-hmm. more than just tallying up his assists or whatever. It's about really dragging this team. And he is one of the few, if not the only, I mean, now Aubameyang is here, but the only world-class player in, in our squad. Mm-hmm. And he just has that responsibility, whether unfortunately or not for him. It's just the situation that he's in. He's accepted the contract, and this is the situation you're in. So, uh, on, on, on the leadership of Ozil, there is, um, and to bring it sort of to United kind of mentality is, I was reading Ferguson's Harsh Ferguson's book Leading and he was talking about leaders and captains mm. and why he made certain people captains and he said that he's picked people who are completely different he had Roy Keane he had Eric Cantona and for different purposes Roy right. Keane to drag you know literally drag right. you by your collar to perform and uh, Cantona to by inspire example. you mm. and to lead by example and I wonder if Arsenal wouldn't get even more out of Ozil if they gave him the captaincy right I think the captaincy realistically would go to Ramsey if they can tie him down to a new team oh. It's just what it is. Longest serving player now, like starting. He's, but he's no leader. Because Cialni's going to leave in a year or so. He's, he's do, no... Do, do you see Ramsey as a leader of men? We don't have a leader of men. But that's what I'm saying. If you give it to Ozil, you have that inspirational... Like, I, he is the best player on... Can, can, I, can I give you a candidate? Like, if you if you only have to give the candidate... Let's say the captaincy for the next few months. You're going to say Wilshire? No. Monreal. Monreal Fair. is a leader Fair. without... A lot of people noticing. Arsenal fans will not disagree. Not mm-hmm. one person will say that Monreal hasn't been one of our mm-hmm. best players this season. Our most consistent for the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. He's been a leader. He's been dragging this. He's. I, he, I think he, that's a fair. It's one. just the the Spanish English bit. He's a quiet guy, but on the field, he's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the game. The first seventy minutes, nothing. Yes. Literally, no one needed to be there. <laughs> just no one needed to be there. It was lethargic. It was slow. The stadium had only half attendance. Mm-hmm. It was quiet. Nothing was happening. It was just a waste of everyone's time. I woke up at 8 a.m. Wasted everyone's time. But, and brother-in-law and Cargo woke up at like 5.30. Oh, man. For this. Oh, man. People, need to, people, including myself, need to start learning what <laughs> Arsenal are capable of. First 70 minutes, absolutely nothing happened. Um, Shakiri had the two best chances in the game. Hit the post directly from a corner. Spina had his little injury scare as every game. Mm-hmm. I'm so done with him. It's, it's insane. And then the last 15 minutes, we kind of kicked on a bit. We got a penalty by Ozil driving into the box. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying it's 50-50. Uh, maybe no, it's not a penalty. No, that's 100% penalty. See, 
I'm really glad you're saying it because I thought I was crazy because everybody I've heard said it's not a penalty and no one seems to point at what I saw. I know the guy kind of got a little glimpse of the ball, but I saw the guy's foot get in the way of where Ozil's trying to strike. That's, that's, and then he hit the that's guy's foot. all I saw. I didn't that's, even see... If he got the balls, he got the ball through Ozil. I, yeah. I didn't see him get the ball before I just, Ozil. Not a single person, and this is Ars blog, this is callers, this is shows on TV, not a single person said the guy put his foot in front and Ozil kicked it instead of the ball. Maybe I have to go watch it again, but to me, I thought. if you watch the, the, the motion of Ozil, it's the only way he falls that way is because he was impeded. Yes. And maybe his foot swung back and hit the guy. I don't care. He was impeded. To me, that yeah. I, I'm, I, was, I thought the second one was... Uh, yes, also a penalty, but yeah. if you want to argue one, you can argue, argue that one. That one. Yeah. Um, Aubameyang scored the penalty. He took it, even though Lacazette came on the field. And people are really excited about Lacazette and Aubameyang playing together. Lacazette back from an injury. He, he only had like one goal in 13 before he, his form really dipped before mm-hmm. his injury, etc. Um, and we really needed him in, in Europa, which is great timing because he's going to start now on Thursday instead of Welbeck. Thank the Lord. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they both played together for that last 20 minutes. We looked much better. Mm-hmm. We Lacazette's movement is still by far the best in this team. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his best asset. It's his movement. He mm-hmm. knows where to be, where to go. He needs to work better once he gets the ball, but he's just always in the right spot. And that's how we got our second penalty. Um, but Aubameyang's goal was actually really well taken from the corner. He adjusted his body well enough to kind of put it into the bottom right, slice through it. I think it was a... It was a good sign from our, from our new striker, mm-hmm. let's say. He has, I think, five goals in, his, in six appearances in the league. Yeah. Again, quietly, but not bad numbers for someone who's new to the Premier League and, and still kind of getting used to this team, especially in for a January transfer. Yeah. Uh, um, I like the fact that he gave that to the last penalty to Lacazette. I think yeah. it's good sportsmanship. I think it builds morale in the dressing room, which is important, considering apparently what will happen with Alexis. Mm-hmm. Uh, question. People were wondering, how can you get these two guys on the same team? Yeah. Have you guys... I know you've experimented with a back three at times. Yes. If you do that, you Then have, you can play two up top. But And then, let's say it's Ozil right behind. Yeah. And then you have to have two in the middle. Shaka Ramsey. Of, so you play Shaka Ramsey, Ozil in the three. And, and then Obama in like a Z. And then you have Bellerin, Monreal. And Mkhitaryan's on the bench. See? that that Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Or, or do you say... Do you pull a City and bring Ozil back to do, be a, mm. a, a deep-line playmaker and still do your passes because right. he has the best range of passing in the team right. and have a, not Ramsey, but a real defensive midfielder to sit next to him. So here's the thing. To free him up, quote-unquote. Assuming it's Arsene Wenger, he's done with five at the back. He's mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's done with that. that mm-hmm. That's out the window. We're playing four at the back. So realistically, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He could shunt our new 50, 60 million, stri- as 140 goals in whatever, out wide left. He could put Aubameyang there. Mm. And I feel that might happen. Or a 4-3-3, perhaps. Well, yes, a 4-3-3, but Aubameyang, like, wide left, not as a striker. But like, if you do it the Barcelona way, it doesn't matter. They all roll. Sorry, who's going to do who's gonna I, do I, I, I know. I'm just... So, is Messi joining us? <laughs> that is the Barcelona. We'll get to La Liga. And... Without Messi, there is no Barcelona well, way. Well, this is the MSN version, not this version. Because this version, we'll get there, our trash. So that's Lacazette, Aubameyang, <laughs> and Mkhitaryan. I think have them so, as a three. Mal? Isn't that bad in Spanish? <laughs> I think it's bad in any language. <laughs> I think it's bad in any language. But yeah, I I don't think he's going to get them both in the team at the same time. Yeah, but probably. he should. He should. They're 250 million strikers. 
Whatever, we're not gonna do anything anyways. Let's just have fun. Apparently, good players can play together. So Apparently. figure it Mkhitaryan, out. Mkhitaryan, all four need to play. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Um, well, so let's go through the scores really quickly because I want to move on. Wow, we're uh, we're 55 minutes in. Let's talk about Leicester. Leicester beat Brighton with 10 men. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Leicester are just always consistent. Always, I like watching them. They're they're a lot of fun. Why are Everton ahead of them in the table? They're not. They just play. Really? Finally? Leicester are three points ahead with the game in hand. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. Because so it was weird. <coughs> I'm sorry. Leicester could actually go over Burnley. They're only three points behind them. I, so they I could like go Leicester. seven. I, I do like them. I hope that happens. Yeah. Um, Newcastle beat Huddersfield 1-0. Um, vital, vital. Vital. Vital point. Uh, West, uh, Watford, Bournemouth 2-2. I think Watford were 2-0 up, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no. Actually, no. Bournemouth scored first. Then Watford... Uh, Bournemouth, uh, sorry, Watford 1-0, Bournemouth 1-1, then Watford, and then Jermaine Defoe, 90th minute equalizer. I haven't heard his name in a long time. Yeah, he hasn't really been playing. Um, West Brom? West West Brom lost to Burnley 2-1 at home. Ashley Barnes, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And this was before I saw Zlatan, I was like, what is going on? He's been having, he's been having a great season. And as a result of this loss, Alan Pardew can now still say that he has never been relegated from the league. Um, so he has that going for him after the sacking. Um, so, so who's the bottom three right now? So the bottom three are Southampton, Stoke, and West Brom. West Brom are so far by the seven points from they're 19. Gone. From relegation, they're 10 points. They're gone. They're gone, taking with them two Egyptians, which is unfortunate. They'll, they'll get, they'll get. Higazi will definitely get the team. I hope so, because Stoke is also getting relegated, and they have my boy. Uh, so okay, so so do we before we move on to the other leagues? Do we think so? West Brom, we know are going down hundred percent. I think West Ham, West Ham save themselves three nil with this win. Hopefully, um, Arnautovic is now free from the shackles of uh, what's his name, uh, whatever the manager they just Billish. No, Moyes. He just sacked one recently. No. No? It was Bush and Mo- Moyes is still there, right? Like, he hasn't been sacked yet. I, I don't know. I just heard someone say something <laughs> about, like, how he's now free. Anyway. Well, Moyes doesn't do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah true. Um, but West Ham are in 14th, but that means nothing. That's three points away from relegation. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they will do it. I think they will survive this. We'll sw- so, okay. So, who's going to go down? West Brom and Stoke? Yeah, both are going to go down. Uh, well, how many points does Stoke have? Stoke are only three points away from relegation. And is Southampton? From I life. think only one of those two goes down. Southampton will go down? You think? I know. I think Huddersfield will go down. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Huddersfield, Stoke, West Brom. Yeah, I think that's my three. I would love Stoke and West Brom to go because I'm done. Yes. I'm done with Stoke. Everybody is. Yeah. And West Brom have just clung on for too long. They played the most boring, long football. Like I just don't want to watch them anymore. I also don't mind the idea of Southampton going down because I think they have some assets that could be useful around the league. Right, right. And since we're talking about this, I just opened up the championship table here. Wolves... Uh, Wolves are top of the table, 85 points. And Cardiff City are in second with 80 points. Um, Where are Villa? Third? So Villa are fourth. So basically the top well, two slipped. make it automatically. How many game, How many teams are in the... There's 24. There's 24 teams. So that, that makes it... 44 games. 44 games. So this is at 39 games. Yeah. So we've got five games to go. Wolves and Cardiff look relatively safe in the first first and second. They should both remain there. Then you got Fulham, Villa, Derby, and Middlesbrough in... The three, yeah. four, five, six. 
And then you've got Bristol City, Millwall, Sheffield United, Preston North End, and Brentford, all only like five points away from that sixth spot. I, Anything should, can happen. The championship, to me, is always more entertaining. You know what? Next time we go to England for one of these trips, yeah. we should go see one of these championship games. I'm down to kind of stand on a fence and watch a game. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, let's move on and do... Oh, we didn't do Mumu. Was it Mumu? Um, let's just go through leagues. You know what? Fine. Let's do it. We're not even going to do an interlude. Let's yeah. go through La Liga. What do you want to talk about with La Liga? Uh, Messi. You sure you want to get this? Listen, go? if I'm if I'm doing this, yeah. and you know how I am. You have made me numb to Lionel Messi, but I'll talk about him this week. Thank you. Barcelona, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this right now. Say it. Barcelona without Messi are trash. Thank you. I unbelievable. Like they would, they would finish third in, yep. or fourth. In the Premier League, maybe. People don't realize how actually bad... They're unbeaten, and we're saying they're bad. Yeah. It's insane. Umtiti and Piquet have been rocks at the back. Behind, uh, with um, Ter Stegen, who's, who's, you know, could be argued as one of the best keepers this year mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Al- uh, Alba. Or, yeah, Alba who's having a fantastic game. Great. So those guys are shoring it up at the back, which yep. is why they're unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Anything in front of that... Has been nothing. Mm-hmm. So Suarez started to come back. Beginning of the season, non-existent. Mm-hmm. Dembele, still non-existent. Mm-hmm. Paulini started off hot, cooled down. Rakitic, unfortunately, have been useless. Coutinho is nowhere to be seen. This team is still so reliant on Messi. This goal, Messi cut the ball in his own half, mm-hmm. dribbled it up, then scored the goal. Like, you'd think at one point they would stop relying on him so much. Same with Madrid and Ronaldo. Yep. But you are so good. Both of them, that it's just inevitable. But at what point do you, as a defender or as an <laughs> opposition team, just decide, guys, I'm going for his knee. I'm just going for it. Yeah. At this point, if a if if an opposition player just went and did a Roy Keane, Alfie, and Holland thing, mm-hmm. would you would you hate them for it? I wouldn't blame them. Like, I'd be like, at this point, go ahead, bro. I, I wouldn't blame. It's them. okay because we know how terrible those teams are without those two guys. So go for it. There is no. Uh, I mean, technically, that should be an Atletico Madrid player <laughs> going. You know what, Gudin, take the season off. Yeah. Take your 18 game ban, but go right through Messi, and that's it. You win the league. Yeah. It's insane. Like it's insane. Actually, how, 10 like, years ago, 20 years no, 20, 15 years ago, this would have happened. Oh, what's his name? Um, Vinny Jones Wimbledon. They would have done that. Um, Atleti manager. Simeone. How is his team talking at the beginning of the season not injure Messi? <laughs> you injure Messi, we win the league. Yes. Nah. yes. But yeah, this was insane. I mean, they were 2-0 down to a very good Sevilla. Jesus Navas was playing a brilliant game. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone, what's his name? The defensive mid, tall dude. Nzonzi. Nzonzi. Killing it as usual as he killed United. And... <laughs> Sorry, I have to. No, no. This, okay. this, I, I accept that. I tweeted a brilliant tweet, by the way. United fans were sitting there in their drafts waiting to go, See? Sevilla beat Barcelona. They're not that bad. You know what? <laughs> I saw that tweet. I saw that tweet. And I was mad at you. Yeah, but I, it's true. I, I let it go. Because you know what? I would have... But I would have gone ballistic at anyone, any United fan that said that. Because Sevilla are still trash. But you know they were waiting. They, they were waiting. Of course, I know who they are. Yeah. Um, and then, deserve a 2-0 lead. Everything going swimmingly well. Messi comes on 70 minutes. No way. Barcelona look horrendous. I think Rakitic hits the post. Counter-attack. Jesus Navas, idiotic decision to try and go around Ter Stegen. Doesn't score the one-on-one. And then... Other side comes in. Suarez with a brilliant side foot off the corner into the top. That Ooh. was a brilliant finish. Because he had to come back yep. away from goal. Brilliant, brilliant finish. Put it in. And then Messi 
the Barcelona got lucky that whoever that ball was intended to in the middle, Coutinho, etc., couldn't it, get it. Was it Alba? Yeah, Alba. Because Alba, you know what Alba does? Alba plays without seeing. Like <laughs> he, all he does is I'm going down this flank and I'm cr- pulling it back to the middle. I assume Messi is there. I swear to you, Suarez could be standing in the six-yard box <laughs> alone on a beach chair and the ball is still getting cut back to Messi between three players and he cannot blame him. Yes! Alba has made a career from cutting the ball back to yes. Messi. Literally a career. You think You think he actually is aware of, no. of actually what's going on? He just goes, so he's usually over here. Yes. I'm just going to play this back. And I mean, I'm sure... Defenders and managers have seen this and why does everyone just run into the box and leave Messi on the... Okay, the thing with Messi is this. A lot of his goals seem like they're just side foot passing into the goal. Mm-hmm. But you look at the number of goals that are outside the box, they mm-hmm. don't feel like outside of the box goals. They're not strikes in the top corner, they're not hit as hard as he can. He just goes, bloop. This one curled around the defender, I think, yes. and then the goalie had no chance. But... I struggle to understand something. And it's a, it's also something I've noticed with Ronaldo. But I think it was Coutinho that cut it back, but everything we said still stands. Applies, yeah. yeah sure. he, he didn't do it as well, though. No. Because the defense should declare it. Yeah. yeah, so that's why. Yeah. But in this in this Messi and Ronaldo world, and they both do this in very different ways, I always wonder, and Harry Kane now is getting there, why are they always open? And Messi has to do it from outside the box and then launch a hell of a shot into the net, whatever, yeah. or just on the tip of the box. But those two guys, don't tell me movement. Because no. notice the ball always goes to exactly where yeah. they always are. Yeah, it's not, it can be movement. It just can be because movement, you just follow him. Like, what, what movement? Like, you just <laughs> go, stand there. And these are the two best players in the world. Messi has been free a hundred <laughs> times on the edge of the box. I'll tell you what it is. I don't understand. People don't learn. They look at him and they go, surely... He's way too far from the action. I should mark this other dude in the six-yard mm-hmm. box. And that makes sense logically. In an ideal world, you go, six-yard box, dude, Messi on the edge of the box. <laughs> six-yard box, dude, Messi. You pick the six-yard box, dude. Yeah. But no. That's the mistake. You you leave the you leave Dembele in the box completely open and you go and stand on Messi. If Messi's in the halfway line, you literally go stand yeah, on Messi. I don't care who you are. Just stand there. Just block oh, him off. Man, it's, it's and injure him. insane. It was... It was yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I sent you guys a voice recording of... I didn't listen to it till today. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, Madrid beat Las Palmas 3-0 away from home. Gareth Bale, back with two goals, a goal and a penalty. That first goal is a Bale goal, mm-hmm. where he just runs down that flank. No one can catch him. He's still the fastest player on the field, mm-hmm. even though his injury and age and whatever. Yeah. Um, brilliant finish, top right, like just with purpose. You know, not like some trickle. He's, he hits them pure. Um, Luka Modric outside of the foot pass, mm-hmm. you know, the Tottenham days, Tottenham glory days back. Um, and then Benzema took a penalty and he missed like a gazillion chances, man. Like, it's, it's he's, hilarious. He's, he's done. No Ronaldo, which tells you that they've decided it's all Champions League. It's, it's all Champions League. I mean, you look, if I open the table here, um, let's see. You've got Barcelona, 76 points. Again, the significance of that 2-2 is also to keep the unbeaten run going. Mm-hmm. If you think of it relatively, if Barcelona, this team, goes unbeaten when the 0-9 and 10 and 0-8 and whatever haven't, it just it doesn't make sense, logically. You know, okay. I think... So, um... Tell this, me, tell me. This is, this, is, this is where... What you said now is such an interesting point. Yes. Me. Pep Guardiola, best man in the world. Sure. I'm not going to debate that with anybody. Okay. 
sticking by, sticking to it, and you know me and Pep. Yes. I have my issues. Yes. Sticking my Pep knows exactly. Yes. I, I'm sure he knows. My he knows. To know my he, knows. he listens he, to the podcast. He, he's gotten my tweets. Yeah. <laughs> I secretly yeah. just tweet. He's in your Even DMs. Even though I don't have his account, I just yeah. tweet him anyway. Yeah. But you look at and and if you look at Luis Enrique won the trouble. Mm-hmm. Pep won the trouble, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. He won the trouble. Tito came after him, and a lot of people came out and said Tito was actually the, the tactical genius behind right. that. Whatever. Um, now, if Valverde mm-hmm. can get a treble, yeah, and get a treble unbeaten, is does it bring down the legend of Pep Guardiola? Or and 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 by the way, ultimately with players who are not as good. Oh, definitely not as good. And the Lionel Messi who is supposed to be on over the, the hill, like over yeah. the hill, like. I, I, I get it. Like, does it, circumstances, does it diminish it a little bit? Circumstances, obviously, different variables at different times. You know, was Madrid a stronger team back then? Was Atletico a stronger team now? So, yes. I mean, it's hard to compare across mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. But yes, this would definitely be on, at least on par of an achievement mm-hmm. for Valverde. I mean, the pre, Luis Enrique treble, they went the first half of that season in the league looking like they were actually going to come fourth. Yeah, it was a shambles. Exactly. So Messi didn't want to play wide. Messi didn't want to play wide. I think Luis Enrique's treble is underrated mm-hmm. because he had to build that team with the Neymar. He had to bring Neymar into the fold. He had to mm-hmm. make Messi happy again, etc., mm-hmm. etc. They had MSN, but their midfield was uh, you know, a hoax. Mm-hmm. Iniesta this season, old. Unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say it, not the same guy on the field anymore. Mm-hmm. So yes, but... I think this all is null because they're not going to win a treble. I don't think they're good enough to win a Champions League. They will not be the Bayern. Right. They will not be even in the But with Madrid. Messi on the pitch, anything is possible. Sure. And that's the trump card. Yeah, but then you also right. have Rakitic on the field. So, you know, like, you know, so, so. Um, Anyways, um, Atleti beat, Atleti won 1-0. Another game not conceding, mm-hmm. which, again, Arsenal fans love to follow Atleti's uh, league scores because of the whole they're the best team in the Europa that are left and the, the Arsenal kind of hope and, and dream is to play them in the final and, and have then this then epic then. final and lose yeah right um, yeah but still whatever <laughs> um, so if you look at the table really quickly here you've got Barcelona at 76 points Atleti at 67 so they're six ooh, nine points away I mean this league is Madrid at 63 and Valencia at 62 Madrid could come fourth yeah they could when is the last time that happened Wow. I think a manager got sacked when that happened. I mean, your chance of saying a manager got sacked is very high. Very <laughs> high that you are correct. I, I, I know we're running out of time, but there's... Uh, there's it's so a, much fun, though. I know, I know. I know. And, and there's, there's a big question that we asked ourselves on a, on a thread. Um, I just want to bring it up because I think the listeners may have an interesting time with this. Oh, and yeah. And it's Upankis for me. Eden Hazard's question I, is one. Oh, I thought that one. Okay. But... I feel like if I have to pick one question, sure. it's the Jupankis. We never Bayern really, Munich. we never really get into Germany. They won six nothing. Hamas is playing well. Müller is playing well against again. Dortmund. Let's make that clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they bulldoze the second, second quote best team in Germany. But uh, again, do you agree with me before the yeah. argument that they are the favorites for the Champions League? My favorites. Okay, absolutely. I'm glad we agree. Yeah, I think they're the best balanced team in, okay. in the Champions League. But I. Jupp Heynckes was not on my radar before 2012. No. And this is a man who's been managing for 30-plus years, won the Champions League with Real Madrid, if I'm not mistaken, yes. in 98. I yeah. think he was a manager. But he was just not on anyone's radar. He was not the sexy choice, whatever. He won the treble with Bayern Munich. And realistically, he could win another treble right now. He won a double minimum. Yes. And this was a team that, 
for all intents and purposes, were in, uh, in crisis not too long ago. Didn't they already win the league like a week ago? Well, I, I think. No, sorry, sorry. They won the cup already a week ago. I think they win the league like next and week. And they win the league next week. Yeah, something like that. Wow. So, so they, he already has a double under his belt. Yeah, and they were in trouble. He's an interim manager, exactly. technically. And, and so, and because they're now they're looking at Tuchel, I'm like, really? Really? Like, just keep like, young. Like, just keep Like, what are you doing? But for me, it's like, and this is, again, a little bit of a situation where I'm like, this man is incredibly underrated, the job that he's done. Not just at Bayern Munich, but around Europe. Yeah. And, again, people still look at a pep. People still look at a Jose Mourinho, even though, to me, he's on the decline. How can you possibly look at these guys and not mention Eupinkis? Because the world we live in is a social media-driven world where you need to be a star in the limelight. You just have to be. This is why Pogba dabs. He doesn't dab because he enjoys dabbing. He dabs because his agent tells him to dab. <laughs> Jop Heinz's agent needs to tell him to do something. <laughs> to dab. Dab after every yes, goal. Heinz- Go crazy like Pep. Something... Look, Sorry, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I hit the table. <laughs> everybody needs something. Mm-hmm. And Carvajal will be remembered for his little sentences. Europe needs to be remembered. I mean, you think it's crazy. He won a treble. What more does he need to be remembered for? But you just need to. Yeah. And again, Bayern Munich, unfortunately, are in the Bundesliga. And people don't look at the Bundesliga as much as... The, the kind of the, 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 the attention isn't there as much as the Premier League and etc. etc. Mm-hmm. And the La Liga. So no one really cares too much about the double. Yeah. The double only matters when it comes to the trouble. Yeah. So that's kind of what goes for him a little bit. But when you look at it and you actually dissect it, he's been one of the best managers in the last 10 years. He's been phenomenal. He's, he's been simply unbelievable. And I, I, I really do think that a lot of people are underestimating just how good this Bayern Munich team really is. Yep. Because City are doing a sexy thing in England. Messi is in Barcelona. Real Madrid of the Champions League team, yeah, whatever. They don't have that guy. But this Bayern Munich team are so so dangerous and balance every part of the pitch, and they believe in Yopanka. Yes, that's, that's that's the most important part. People love to say that. Well, so easy managing Bayern Munich. Well, we saw it didn't work out for the first half of the season with Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. He had to go. So clearly, it's not as simple as everyone thinks. Right. Um, Pep could that, only take them so far. Pep couldn't even win the. It's just keeping that motivation in such accomplished players going. I mean, mm-hmm. Johan recently came out saying, I have to drag Ribéry, who's like 30-whatever, who plays as a winger and mm-hmm. he still rela- re- relies on his speed, off the training ground. Mm-hmm. Robin, he has to tell him to please stop pushing himself so hard in training. And that doesn't just come... Of course, they're professional players and they want to succeed. But that doesn't come without a manager there that they're playing for. Right. Javi Martinez is having a resurgent time in, as a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. All because of your playing So, it's not always easy just to say, well, they've got a great team. Yeah. There you go. It's not that simple. And you have to give him credit. Also, I want to give credit to the players. Robin and Ribéry could have easily been done three years ago. They could have just said, yeah. look, I've won everything there is to win. This is my cap and I'm done. But there's still... I mean, Robin is still a game changer. Ribéry comes on and still kills it. These guys are old. I, I also have a lot of respect for Heinkes because... Hamas Rodriguez's career was going a certain way. Down. There was nowhere for him to go. No team wanted to touch him. The wages, yeah. the transfer fee that uh, these guys, uh, Bayern Munich or any team would have had to... They remember wanted their 60 million back or whatever yeah. it was. They wanted it back. No one was going to do that because he didn't fit in. He didn't show anything. And rightfully so. Bayern took a two-year loan, which to me is... We said it at the time. You can't lose anything there. That's genius. Genius. And Heinkes. Ancelotti couldn't fit him in. Heinkes, I don't believe 
Any other manager in the world could have figured out James Rodriguez. And look at what Heinkes is doing. James is having one of, again, under the radar, one of the best seasons of any player in the leagues this season. Mm-hmm. This Yeah, this season. He's been phenomenal. Against Dortmund, he literally picked them apart. Mm-hmm. James is having an, a phenomenal season yep. in a team that he didn't fit in earlier on. Mm-hmm. And again, yes, this is down to coaching because James is a great player. Yep. Now, can Zidane do the same when he gets Hamas back, or will he just give him away? I don't think, again, I think it's systems. I don't think, if I'm saying Zidane, I've won Champions League two years yeah, in a so row. Clearly, I don't need Hamas. I, I, I don't need Hamas. It's, it's, it's great, but I can't figure out Hamas. I don't need to figure out We Hamas. talked about this in the Martial case. Why isn't Mourinho just coaching Martial into the player he wants to be, as opposed to going, ah, he's not the guy I want him to be, sell him. Coach him into the guy you want him to be. Help him achieve. His potential. That's literally the job of a manager. Pep Guardiola does it. Pochettino Look at does it. Look at so- I don't believe... And by the way, Sterling is nowhere... Sterling before Pep Guardiola and Anthony Martial, you don't have a conversation no. about those two players. No. So for someone to tell me that another manager couldn't turn him into a world beater, he almost Listen, is. I, honestly, you look at Barcelona troubles. You look at winning the league earlier, as earliest thing as possible. I don't care if Pep wins the World Cup with Manchester City. I don't know how, but he could still do it. Getting Sterling to play at this <laughs> level is by far the, greatest achievement the of number time. one achievement of all time in all of football history. I did not think he could kick a ball. And I know he had his You thought he was going to throw him away. Uh, 100%. I remember that. We all, we all thought that. We all 100%. Thought that. I was like, how? Pep, how? How is Sterling playing this kind of football? Coaching. Coaching, which is, that's who you are. You're a coach. So we, end, so we ended with uh, Mourinho shit. Like, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> all this rigmarole yeah. and it's Mourinho we shit. We could have saved everyone an hour 15 and just started with Mourinho shit and we could have just moved on with our lives. Basically. Yeah, Champions League big games coming up. Yeah. Midweek, Europa League, huge games coming up. <laughs> there's, there's a Manchester derby, there's a yeah. Merseyside derby. There's, there's a, a Liverpool City, there's a... Uh, there's, there's, I think, Madrid derby, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. There's one in Italy as well. People were saying Madrid fans are um, don't know how to feel about this game. They beat Atleti, they hand the title to Barca. But if they lose to Atleti, they could go for it. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a... And our co-ed team final against a mixed team. Yes. And because Amit, for the listeners, he thinks Mourinho is actually good and not shit. Like, this is actually important to me. Just for that, he deserves to lose that final. Yeah. All right, we'll... I mean, this was fun. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.